0: Real bad.
1: Like, y'all's points percentage is better than ours, so I don't want to hear it.
0: Seven- the flyers are better than the Stars. You want to hear first. <laughs> Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Dallas Stars. We are joined by one of my top three people to do these with, Taylor Baird from Defending Big D. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, over here in Starsland. Excellent. So... Um, before we started recording this, Taylor was complaining that the Stars are ass, but they are, in fact, 8-5-1 in their first 14 games, which, to me, seems not bad. Second in the Central, right behind Winnipeg. Um, before we get into this season, why don't you give us a little rundown of what the Stars got up to in the offseason? So
1: the big thing for the stars in the offseason was really locking in some of their key players that um, were restricted free agents. So they were able to sign Jake Ottinger, their goaltender of the future and clear cut number one now um, to a, I believe it was a three year deal at like three and a half or four million dollars, something in that range, um, which is a nice little piece of business to see how how he does as a starter. Uh he picked up basically right where he left off, uh, where he nearly stole a first round um win for the stars in the playoffs against the Calgary Flames. Like It was a
0: hell of a performance. If not,
1: Sodinger that, that was insane. series would have been over way sooner. And I mean almost like he practically did everything short of scoring himself that in game seven to like allow them the chance to win. Um so he's done incredible, um, since then, which has been great. Um, and then they also needed to sign Jason Robertson, their top goal scorer from last season. And that actually went pretty much all the way through training camp. So he missed training camp, but they were able to get him signed, um, at the money he's worth for it, for a bridge on a bridge deal, um, which kind of works out nicely for the stars. Um, and Jason Robertson was basically like, please just like, I just want to play hockey. Um, and so he missed a lot of the preseason in training camp, but, um, he also has just come in and magically picked up where he left off. Uh, so it's been kind of good business for Dallas. And then the only, like, I guess, key thing was they did part with some aging veterans. So, so long, Alexander Radulov, we loved your goal scoring energy, uh, when you did it, but He was kind of a non-factor last season, so they said goodbye to him. And then the only big free agent signing that they made was Mason Marchment, um, who was coming off a career year with Florida. So a nice little tidy piece of business. Oh, and then also the biggest piece probably in the offseason was saying goodbye to Rick Bonus and saying hello, Peter DeBoer. How are you feeling about that coaching change so far? well um the results kind of speak for themselves I mean Dallas has been off to a decent start like you said I didn't say they were ass they just did assy things last night when (laughs) when we played against the San Jose Sharks so like you you lost to one of the worst teams in the west so obviously the vibes are not great today um but it was exciting and if you're going to lose, at least lose in an interesting and fun way. Uh, and yes. so, of figured kind of how to do that a little bit. Um, so last night they stormed back and almost completed a um, comeback, but ended up losing 5-4. But the fact that they scored two goals in, in the third period um, and made it really exciting there at the end and were, I mean, without James Reimer and that, and, uh, I mean – he made some 10-bell little saves. So, you know, like, so the, the vibes are good. Like, overall, the vibes in Dallas are good. The team is really happy. They are scoring again, which is absolutely insane because they were one of the worst scoring teams on the planet last year and the year before. And the year before that, <laughs> it's been like a four-year thing. So, the fact that they are amongst one of the top offensive teams in the league is actually. Pretty damn impressive. Uh, and considering that the roster didn't really turn over all that much, mm-hmm. you pretty much contribute that to a change in system. So hello, Peter Boer.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say it's, it kind of seems like, I guess, does it look visually different to you? Or is it just kind of you think subtle changes that have kind of let the guys go a little more wild in the offensive zone? Oh, no,
1: it's a it's a very, very different. um, I mean, (laughs) I think I counted on like one hand the first five games, the number of times that the Dallas Stars did the chip and chase or the dump and chase uh, zone entry into the offensive zone. uh, And pretty much under bonus, that was the go to that was the only way in which they got zone entries was to do that and then he was just big on them grinding it out and and going after the puck and god they
0: love that shit don't they oh my god they did (laughs) they did and I watched season after season of it like 75 percent of the coaches in the league love that shit which is you know
1: you know but like Pete DeBoer like I mean he I think even said in a press in a press conference in one of our post games or something that like that they barely ever had to do that. So what they're doing is, is they're hitting the blue line with speed and they're finding ways to get guys back and creating odd man rushes. And and the th- the other thing is, is that they are very quick to fire on net when they get into the offensive zone. So they are getting a lot of chances off the rush, which are harder for teams to contend with when you're doing that all game long. Um, and they don't, like, try to clog up the neutral zone and, and do all that, you know, like, trap shit that um, t- other coaches are very fond of anymore. So it's it's kind of fun to watch them. They're constantly thinking offense, offense, offense. But they do still have a defensive structure that as long as they don't, like, lose their brains for two minutes, um, they they can figure out how to keep other teams off off the board and I mean they're still one of the best defensive teams I mean they're top 10 defensively Mm -hmm. against in goals against so when you have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense that generally leads to good results
0: so looking at the top scorers on the team so far it's kind of I think what you would expect if you're you know only a casual observer of the Dallas Stars, like the names kind of make sense. Jason Robertson, who you talked about, Rupe Hintz, Pavelski, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. Um, What has been going well for the Stars? Like why, I mean, outside of these guys just being really good at hockey, what is it that you think is lending them this success to start the year? Well,
1: you know, it's really funny because you mentioned two names there where you're like, oh, that makes sense. But if you paid attention to Dallas, you'd be like, wait, what? Um, hmm. Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan have had some of their worst offensive years in the last couple of seasons uh, okay. to the point where it led to the now infamous fucking horseshit line from a team executive.
0: Calling. Oh, I remember. I forgot about that. That was so good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so the fact that they are in the top five of offensive production for the team so far this season is almost a revelation. And I think that's one of the ways you can kind of say that Pete Devore is having, you know, a positive impact on the the team as a whole is the fact that these guys are back to their scoring ways. Now, granted. They're not, you know, they're not setting the world on fire. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. almost point-of-game point of players, which is not an insignificant thing to have on your roster. Um, So, uh, you know, when you talk about that, it's like, yeah, you expect those guys to be there, but for the last couple of years they hadn't been. And so, mm-hmm. no, a lot of that might be coming on the power play and Dallas does have a pretty phenomenal power play going Um. But, you know, and then also you just have this magic that was captured uh, last season between Hints Pavelski and Robertson with Pavelski, um, team dad and his little children on his line. Um, <laughs> like they just have re they've captured lightning in a bottle, but somehow they managed to just go out and do it every night. Um, it's. Kind of impressive, if we're being honest, like Jason Robertson was on a six game goal scoring streak. He had that snapped um on Friday against San Jose, but he's on a seven point streak a uh, game streak he's on uh, Ruby Hans is on a seven game point streak. Joe Pavelski just continues to rack up points playing next to these these kids and and it's funny because hints brings the flash. He is a flashy uh goal scorer. He also has two short-handed goals on the season. Uh, or no. He has one. He could have had two. I think one of them got waved off. Um, so he's a threat both ways. And honestly, if you're looking for a selkie candidate un- on low-key, Ruby Hence is probably it because Dallas has a top, like a top ten PK unit also. Um and then Robertson is one of those guys that is so funny. He kind of reminds me, and I'm not trying to make this comparison at all, um, to Alexander Ovechkin in terms of, like, Ovi is on a different level. But Jason Robertson has this ability to, like, magically be forgotten on the ice, which I think some teams do when Ovi is on the ice. Like, we all know he's going to score from the spot he's going to score from, and yet people still leave him open to do it. And Jason Robertson kind of has that vibe where you kind of forget about him, and then all of a sudden he's scoring in the back of your net, and you're like, Wait, "What happened here?" Um, so he's kind of sneaky, and he's actually been working on scoring in different ways. He said he spent all summer working on his slap shot because he only had one or two goals last season that were like were classified as a slap shot. So he basically spent all of last all of the summer going just slap shot after slap shot, working on it from different parts of the ice. And he's already scored like three or four of them this season. And so um, it's kind of cool to hear a guy say, I worked on this and then see it happen. Um, And then Pavelski, you know, Pavelski does what he does. He stands in front of the net and he's going to get those tip in and those and those kind of trash goals. It's honestly just been phenomenal and then Miro Haskinen is on pace to probably have one of his best offensive seasons in Dallas nearly a point of game player as well um he missed a couple of games because of an injury but yeah things are good over in in Dallas land uh we even have a rookie goal scorer that uh 19 year old that scored four already this season oh wow
0: what's I mean I was gonna ask you later for somebody that we might not know about but you can tell us about him now Wyatt Johnston is his name. Um what a what a name. What a that name. is like such a a Dallas name too, I feel like.
1: It is such a Dallas name. <laughs> it's great. He fits in so perfectly here. Um he is currently actually living with the Pavelskis. And uh so Doral. that's why I kind of kind of joke that Pavelski is team dad. Uh and <laughs> Like Wyatt Johnson is not that much older than than Joe Pavelski's son, so it's like just a few years difference there. It's so funny. Um, and then at the team Halloween party, Wyatt Johnston dressed as a golfer, and then Pavelski and his wife dressed as caddies. Oh my god,
0: <laughs> it's so cute.
1: Leading into it, and we loved it. <laughs> so great. Um, but yeah, so he's actually been on the line with ty delandria who's kind of a little shit sir and jamie ben and so i think jamie ben has been kind of revitalized by playing with these young kids that are hungry and and just are here to prove that they belong um and then ty delandria kind of reminds me of a young jamie ben in a way he can get under your skin uh he it is not afraid to lay out a big hit. He doesn't quite have the goal scoring touch, but he's pretty solid defensively. Um, And he has made some really pretty setups for some really pretty goals by Johnston. So that, that line seems to be clicking very well. What's going poorly
0: for the stars right
1: now? (laughs) Um, so they have this (laughs) unique and, and uncanny way of, being their own worst enemies Mm. and sometimes and 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 here's the thing when it happens it it like happens and it's really bad if they get caught for too long in their own defensive end they kind of run around like chickens with their heads cut off um, which is not a great defensive strategy and it has actually led to a couple of games here recently where teams have been able to make some pretty quick strikes on them and then come back and do it almost immediately. And all of a sudden, a game that goes from, you know, being a 2-1 or a tie game is all of a sudden you're down by two goals, two or three goals. Um, So we watched them do it versus San Jose. Um, And then I think against Winnipeg also that happened. So it's, (laughs) it's not great. Now, Dallas has... When they have succeeded, um, they've been able to essentially just not play in their own end. They've been really good at keeping the puck on the other side of the ice and, you know, dominating the possession game. And I will say that Dallas is nearly undefeated if they score three or plus goals this season. So they figured out a way to lock other teams down. Uh, But when they don't do it, if you can hang a couple on them quickly, it's like they don't know how to recover from it. Um, And that kind of leads to poor results.
0: I forgot to take myself off mute like a professional. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. Yes. Uh, Final question is always score prediction for this game.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't really know because I don't really
0: know what to make of the Flyers right now. Oh, hey, same <laughs> No one really knows what to make of the Flyers because they're technically playing like shit, but also winning games mostly because of Carter Hart. But the other day, they won one with the backup. So now we're like, wait, oh, no, it's not just Carter Hart. It's something else. Um, but yeah, they're uh, they're interesting. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, point percentage wise, Philadelphia is actually higher than Dallas. Um, Dallas has the benefit of being in a in a conference. It feels like that is just not come out the gate really well. I mean, Anaheim, San Jose, Vancouver, Calgary. Like, there's so many teams that are even below 500 in the West, and so it's easy to be like. Well, they're just picking up points against those. And the East has been surprisingly dominant of the West early in the season here. Um, so all of that to say that I don't know. But if I had to guess, I think Dallas's offense is probably going to overpower Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe like a 4-2 result with an empty net goal. So I think it'll be close until it isn't.
0: You're, you're more generous than me on this one because the, which you probably, because you didn't know this, um, the Flyers are playing the Senators today oh. um, at one o'clock. It is the Claude Giroux return game. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an emotional one, I think, for everybody. Um, that said, it will probably be one of the few games that's near a sellout for the Flyers this year. So the energy in the building should be really good. I don't know if they're going to win this game. If I had to guess, they, they probably do because Tortorella's had a, a habit of starting Carter Hart in the first of every back-to-back. So if you guys are getting Felix Sandstrom tomorrow coming off of an emotional game against the Senators today, I feel like the Flyers are just going to be a little bit gassed. So I'm going to say it's going to be something like something real annoying, like five to two stars or something like that.
1: You know, it's funny because I think that Dallas actually hit, I want to say it was the Oilers in a similar kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they unloaded on the Oilers for a 6-3, six, 6-2 six, six, win. Oh, that's fun. That's um, <laughs> last week. So, like, Dallas has actually been pretty well away from home. Yeah, it was six to two last Saturday versus the Oilers, who are a team. But then they followed it up with like a five one loss to Winnipeg. So who who knows? They beat LA five to two. They beat Arizona seven to two. So like they they can hang some some high numbers on you um, when they choose to.
0: Yeah, you guys got some goal scorers, and the Flyers have a questionable defense and. Felix Sandrum is a fine backup, but he's not, you know, I don't think he's ever going to put up a lights out game. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a a barn burner for Dallas with the Flyers just kind of struggling to hang on. But I guess we'll see. Hockey's weird.
1: You never know. I mean, odder things have happened.
0: Truly. Um, Taylor, thank you so much for doing this. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet?
1: Sure, you can find us, um, all of our writing about all things Stars Hockey over at Defending Big D. You can find me personally at NHL.com. I'm the independent correspondent here in Dallas. And then also on the Twitter
0: at Taylor D. Baird. For as long as we have it on the Twitter. As long as we have it. (laughs) Who knows how long it's going to hang on.
1: Kind of like hockey. We don't know where that's going either. (laughs)
0: Sure don't. (laughs) Thanks again, Taylor. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the game. Yeah, you too. All right, go Flyers.